the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Let me tell you, you know, we were just talking about, you know, how schools, we're passing kids and dumping them into society without the ability to read or write or to think at all. We're paying for that now. Uh, and and why aren't we fixing that? When, when you have 40% of the kids in eighth grade tests not being able to do math or read, uh, I'm sorry, only 40% being able to pass a test on math and reading, Six, 60%, and that's a good number. It's down to 5% in Detroit. What, what are we dooming them to? We, we try to argue about the, you know, the higher intellectual points of the Constitution. They can't even read it. Right, even people who who do read and even like to read won't read the Constitution. Yeah, I mean, and people right. who like, they can't read. Right, and obviously been, it's a huge percentage here. We've been saying, hey, you know, we got to read this stuff. We got to read it. No, we have to teach our children how to read, or they are all going to be slaves. So we started something last year with Mercury One. It's our leadership program. Uh, it starts in just four weeks. The uh, first two-week session starts May 28th, so at the end of this month. The second two-week session starts on June 11th, and the third one on July 9th. If you or someone you know between the ages of 18 and 25 with a passion for discovering the truth and, and a desire to become a stronger leader, please share this with them. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, a two-week journey of discovery, guest speakers, myself, David and Tim Barton, others... Uh, and you actually are engaged in uh, in projects uh, and going through the actual documents and the actual things. We just got a piece in from uh, Thomas Paine that is unbelievable. It is his handwritten letter to Benjamin Franklin saying, no, that's not what I meant. I'm not an atheist. I do believe in God. I am trying to make the case for the French. Well, that turns history completely upside down. One one student that graduated last year, she wrote something. What was it on? It was, oh, man, I can't remember now. It was either on the New Deal or something, slavery. I can't remember what it was. I'll have to look it up and, and find out. But she wrote a paper, and the, uh, the professor, she wrote it in college, and she expected the professor just to hammer her. And the professor said, can I see you after class? Yes, he gave her an A and said, can I meet with you? Because I don't know where these sources are. How did you find these sources? And she very wisely didn't mention my name or David Barton. She said, here's where you can find them online. She's been helping him learn about the truth. He's a professor. He didn't even know how to find these original documents. So if you want to participate, there is a there is a small uh, charge um, and you have to pay for the hotel and the food and everything, but it's two weeks. It is so well worth it. Not everybody is going to be accepted. You do have to apply and you will be, um, you will be, um, uh, interviewed for the position, but it's happening again, May 28th. Next session is July 11th. And the final session is, i uh, sorry, June 11th. And the final session is July 9th. Apply now. You can do it at mercuryone.org slash LTP. Amazing. The, meeting these kids last year and then seeing them after two weeks and they were totally transformed. It, it was 
astonishing huge, how different. Huge step up for your life, right? Huge. I mean, because oh, yeah. if you're if you're educated to this point, you bring back to you know five percent of people can actually <clears throat> read and do math in some yeah. of these cities. The advantage you have is is substantial. Last year we had like four or five teachers. We had people that were teachers mm. that said I wanted to go back um, because they they knew they were missing American history and they didn't know they didn't even know where to start. So we had teachers come and we've heard from them saying it's remarkable how it has changed <clears throat> their teaching and changed the people around them. Yeah, my, my uncle is a history teacher <clears throat> and he mm-hmm. visited here. This is not part of the program, but just you know we gave him the sort of little whatever private tour there is of just yeah. basically walking around where all your your uh, art you know artifacts are strewn out all over the place and he was amazed you know i mean just seeing some of the the just the artifacts that that because it's, it's one thing to learn about them it's one thing to for someone to tell you hey there was once a letter that ben frank that was written to ben franklin that explained x y and z it's another thing to actually see it and when you read the actual words in their handwriting it, it makes a real impact on you. Standing there, we have a big book now of just letters from early signers of the Declaration of Independence and early presidents. And to see Jefferson writing to Adams and be able to, uh, you know, we have it in a bound, a bound book now, so it's, it, you can't really actually touch it. But to actually read the letter in their handwriting and then turn the page, and it's a letter from George Washington, mm-hmm. and read what they're saying to each other it is profound. By the way, we're doing that also. The last class, or the second class, I think the second session, June 11th, I think they're actually helping prepare the museum because we are having the museum. Uh, you'll have to check it, um, Mercury One. Just look for the museum. But we're doing a really great museum this year. It's only open for three days, and you'll be able to do what what Stu's relative did mm-hmm. uh, and and walk around, but in a, in a really amazing way. Well, All this, of the studios here in Dallas, Texas, you can go to mercuryone.org and find out more. It's uh, the, These rates of how people are reading and are proficient in math being so low is part of the reason why something like a Prager University does really well. Yes. Um, and that's not because they're dumbed down at all. They're very smart pieces, but they explain they them, them. easy. They make them, they explain them in an easy way. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's part of the reason why the Kanye West thing is more important than, uh, you know, a bunch of album promotion from yeah. uh, from this guy because the, it's communicating to people who might not be in that 5%, right? They're, it's communicating to the entire country. Uh, you know, certainly a lot of smart people like Kanye West, but a lot of dumb people like Kanye West too. Um, not a lot of dumb people are reading the Constitution. So the fact that, you know, the ideas of Thomas Sowell could be uh, introduced to an audience that could be really receptive to them. You know, I mean, especially when you're talking about communities that have been downtrodden just, for a long time, the ideas of Thomas Sowell could cure it. Just someone saying, you don't have to be a Democrat. There are other ideas out there. I'm not saying I like the Republicans, but you don't have to be a Democrat. You don't even have to be a Republican. Just think for yourself. That's remarkable. Anybody who's like, I'm not talking about Kanye West. I understand that because it... it it doesn't have any meaning to the political movement per se. If you're like, I want more constitutional rule of law, but it does to the culture and culture mm. leads. Yeah, and yeah. here's a guy who can change the culture, even if it's just record promotion, it is making an impact. I mean, look at, you know, and that this stuff just needs to be said at that basic level. You know, do you consider uh, Russia under Vladimir Putin to be a healthy society? 
I mean, I would argue no. I would argue no. Yet he's getting far lower percentage of the vote from the Russian people than African-Americans are giving to Democrats. It's not even close. Putin got something like 71 or 72% in that last election. I mean, Al Gore, who is the whitest white guy in America, got 92% from mm-hmm. African-Americans. I mean, Barack Obama was even higher, but I mean, at least you can kind of make an argument for that. You know, this is the thing is like, there has to be a breakout here. And it's it's honestly why I think Kanye is right when he talks about slavery being a choice. I don't think it was a choice. You know, I know no. it wasn't a choice back then. No. Uh, but being a choice on freeing your mind today is. Well, it's, it's Stephen A. Smith made this point very well several years ago, the sports commentator, when he's, he said, look, they're, they, they don't need you. They don't. They don't need you. They don't care about you if you're African-American and you're the Democratic leadership because they know they've got you already. All they have to do is show up and you give them their vote. And if you don't at least challenge that and, and listen to the other side, at least listen to what they're to what they're saying and consider it, uh, consider it uh, seriously and then go back to the Democrats and say, you know what? I like this part of what they're saying. If you don't make those cases, they're they're never going to do a thing for you. And it's 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 something that needs to be done. Well, it's amazing to me how many people um, immediately just shouted Kanye down when he said, look, it was the, the Republicans that freed people. Yeah, it wasn't the Democrats. It was the Republicans. Now, that doesn't last forever. The Republicans have sold their soul to the devil back and forth. And so has the Democratic Party back and forth many times. But if you want to look where real racism, institutional racism has been for a very long time. Uh, it is uh, in the Democratic Party. And I'm sorry, but look into Johnson. I believe the Great Society, all of that stuff that he passed with the Civil Rights Act, he passed the Civil Rights Act. Then he passes the Great Society. Tonight at uh, 5 o'clock on The Blaze, I'm going to give you the stats on what happened to the African-American community because of the Great Society. They, were, they had higher marriage rates than white people did. They were higher as entrepreneurs than white people were. What happened? The Great Society and Johnson. And people don't want to talk about that because it makes them uncomfortable or they haven't thought about it. But you have to. If you want to learn from the past, you have to look at all of the things that are uncomfortable. And there's a lot of things that are uncomfortable. Just Google first slave in America. I can't tell you how many times you're going to how many stories you're going to have to read through before you find the name John Kasser, C-A-S-O-R. Well, who's that guy? John Kasser was actually the first slave in America. Indentured servitude was something that people did, Um, not slavery, indentured servitude. They still do it in some countries. Uh, And what it means is, uh, you know, I want to go to the new world. I want to start a new life, but I don't have the money. So I go to some big, you know, rich guy who I know has work over there. And I say to him, look, if you pay my room and board to get over there, I'll work to pay it off in seven years. I'll be an indentured servant, which means he owns your work. He doesn't own you. He owns your work for seven years. This is the contract. And you get your way over there to the new world. Well, that was happening all the time. And it wasn't looked down upon no, it wasn't. in the same way slavery, obviously. No, no, was. no, it wasn't. Um, and white people did it. Uh, everybody did it. Indians did it. Uh, everyone did it. 
Um, and um, and then we started the the um, American slave trade. The English and the Dutch did. And they started bringing people to the Caribbean. And when they went to the Caribbean, you were made a slave. But if you were dropped off here in America, you were an indentured servant. So one of the guys, and he was a white guy. Uh, I'm sorry, he was a black guy. He was an indentured servant, and his name was John Casser. And he worked for a, a, another guy who held his indentured servitude contract. Uh, and John had worked for seven years, but I don't know how it worked out, but he didn't say, you know, my seven years are up. So his owner of the contract took him to court and said, no, I own him, not the contract. I own him for life. The rest of the story changes everything. And it's not just the fact that that owner was a black man. But what happened after that black man's death, after he started slavery in America, everything changed. And I'll talk, talk about it tonight at 5 o'clock. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network.